And I'm Dave. And you're listening to The List Makers, a spin-off from the Doctor Who Show podcast where we take a top five list each month, make our lists, discuss those lists, and have a lot of fun along the way. Tonight, we'll be talking about the top production members of Doctor Who we'd repair, or in other words, two production members we would put together from different eras of Doctor Who and see what the results are. This came to us from listener Bill McCann III in the US. Dave, are you looking forward to tonight's episode? I am. I I think we could have no snaps here because there are so many possibilities of, of things we can mix and match together. So I think it could be some very different lists coming up. I think we may have similar production people, but maybe not mixing them with the same production people if that makes sense yeah it, it, it makes perfect sense i think i think presumably we've each got 10 names yes so five sets of two so i think there'll be overlap there but the mixing could be very different okay well hit me with your list dave number five i am mixing director peter grimwade with producer philip hinchcliffe Ooh. this is an example on my list of where I'm just putting two greats together in the hope I get something epically fantastic. <laughs> Peter Grimwade is one of my favourite directors. I think that he is uh, one of the best directors, probably number two on my list of Doctor Who directors. But he never got to work with Philip Hinchcliffe, who is held up as one of the great producers. And I think that Peter Grimwade's intensity, the one the way that he does all those, those shots, just shot after shot after shot after shot, think Earthshock, something like that, mm. that intensity with a Philip Hinchcliffe story i think would work really well so that's an example of two greats coming together to do epic excellent number four i am putting script editor terence dix with showrunner chris chibnall Ooh, wow now i think that chibnall does a lot of good in his era but how many times in our hot takes when we were discussing the chibnall story did we say oh they should have just covered that with a line or that dialogue could have been a bit tighter or he needed his red pen for that one. And I thought, who do I want putting a bit of extra structure around Chris Chibnall's Doctor Who and just tightening those scripts the way we want, putting in the lines, putting in a few good quarrel scenes, Terence Dix. I think Terence Dix's red pen over the top of Chris Chibnall's work would just raise the Chibnall era to that higher level of standard and I think it would be really cool. Nice. Perhaps my weirder pairing now here at number three, I am pairing script editor Andrew Cartmel with producer Innes Lloyd. Now, I really enjoy Innes Lloyd's time running the show. He's known as the producer that gave us the monster era, and there are some really good stories in there. But I can accept that whilst they're not all as generic as some fans would say, there is a little bit of uh, familiarity between each of those stories. I thought... Mm. Let's throw Andrew Cartmel, the wild boy, the, the, the crazy young script editor, into that mix and just get him to give a little bit of spin to those monster stories. Maybe throw a little curveball into a few of them, a little bit of odd beat humour into mm. a few of them. And I think that would just spice up a really fun monster era in a really fun way. Great. Number two, if there's going to be a snap, it could be this one. Mm. I am putting... Two sets of initials together. I'm having RTD work with JNT. Wow. Okay. I, I don't really care what roles either of them have, whether Russell is writing and JNT's producing or they're just collaborating, one's a script editor for the other. I, I actually don't care. I just think that the two of them working together would be such 
fun. They mm-hmm. they both know how to put together a budget. When when they're on song, they're both fantastic producers. They both have, I think, very similar sense of humour. They're both showmen. And I just yeah. think that's more than anything is why I put them together. Two of the great showmen of Doctor Who. I don't know what they'll come up with together. I don't know how <laughs> they'd do it, but it would be exciting. It would. So yes. RTD and JNT. Okay. My final pairing is finishing the list as I started, with, which is let's put two of the greats, two of my favourites together and see what happens. I am having producer Barry Letts with script editor Chris Boucher. Wow. Okay. I, I said um, a few months ago on our season 26 deep dive, and I was talking about um, season nine at the time, but I said, you know, Barry Letts almost never produces a bad story production-wise. It may look like the 70s, but it never looks cheap. He's mm-hmm. a really great producer. He knows about character. He knows how to put together a season. He's the first one that really says, right, we need an opening story with the Daleks and with a closing story with the Master and with, you know, all the rest of it. He's a great producer. Chris Boucher wrote, in my view, three classic stories. He was the script editor for Blake 7 and he was awesome. And look, it's very easy to say, let's have Chris Boucher script editing for JNT. I think we all wish that that had happened mm-hmm. when um, Bidmead left. But I'm saying... You can put Boucher with anyone. Put him with Let's. Yeah. I think that would just be a fantastic combination. Two of my favourites working together. And, of course, you had Let's floating around Doctor Who at that time. Wasn't he showing JNT the ropes? He was the EP for season 18. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah it, 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 all, it all just got so close. It could have happened. <laughs> well, Dave, we have no snaps. No outright snaps. But you did play with some characters if i can call them that who who i am going to play with too but in totally different ways excellent this is really interesting go for it make your list in at number five i'd like to throw verity lambert into what we know as the williams era could you imagine verity going toe to toe with tom to curb his excesses could you imagine her working with douglas adams oh wow I think the stories that would be written about this stuff decades later would be worth the price of admission alone. Yeah. <laughs> outside of that, outside of that, Dave, she knew the show. She knew the BBC and how it worked. And she was tough. And that's a tough era to exist in with budget issues and the like, especially. So it would have been fascinating to see her in there having another crack at the show. And to add some real spice to this idea, some real-world spice, we know in the early 90s she was trying to get the rights to make Doctor Who independently of the BBC. So her fondness for Doctor Who certainly remained. She did want a second bite of the cherry. So Verity working with Doctor Who again isn't as far-fetched as it might seem. Maybe not in that Williams era, but that's where I've put her for the sake of this argument. Lovely. In at number four... I want to put JNT, so there's a similarity to you, yep. into the Moffat era. Oh, wow. <laughs> because if there's two things we know, number one, no one could promote the hell out of Doctor Who until RTD came along, at least, like JNT. <laughs> and number two, while Moffat is probably modern Doctor Who's greatest writer, he wasn't its greatest showrunner. So imagine JNT in there pulling out all his tricks to get more budget and get the show made overseas once a year and stunt casting, all that stuff he loved to do 
in addition to promoting the hell out of it like RTD does, while Doctor Who's greatest modern writer is writing for it and overseeing the scripts. I think that would be insane. Mm. Nice. Yeah. This one at number three really pushes the boat out in multiple ways. Okay. But how about getting Philip Hinchcliffe back into the show? So there's a there's a link to you. Replacing JNT and working with Ben Aronovich on the 1992 season of Doctor Who. Wow. <laughs> so basically think about this. The show's had a couple of years off. Verity Lambert has failed in getting the rights to make it independently. <laughs> and then we get this level-headed producer who knows the show, knows what he's about. We pair him up with Cartmel's Padawan Aronovich. Can you imagine the stories those two would cook up? Cartmel wouldn't be there himself as he would have moved on to new work, but he would have said to Hinchcliffe, hey, this guy was my right-hand man at the end. He can write a bit. He knows what he's doing. Trust him. Go for it. So there's there's my push the boat out one. Excellent. Yes, in, given that it wasn't a series that ever existed. Um, <laughs> in at number two, how about getting Terence Dix back as script editor in the 80s with JNT? Nice. <laughs> I know a popular real world idea, and we just discussed it was Chris Boucher instead of Saywood as we get into the Davo era. But what if we got Dix? The guy knew what made a good Doctor Who story. He would have been able to go with J&T toe-to-toe without blowing the place up or resigning in a huff like someone else we know. He stuck so closely to the show in so many ways over the years. Even when he wasn't in the production office, he could even write a good script in a pinch when he had to see the five Doctors. Yeah. You know, so just overseeing four to six stories a season. Oh, piece of piss you know we could have done a lot worse and in some ways i think we did and finally in at number one this is one i thought we'd snap on douglas adams writing for rtd in the modern era notably i'm not saying douglas for script editor in a different (laughs) era where script editors were a big deal or indeed showrunner in the current era because i think he was so chaotic with getting things done on time and just having his finger in pies, it really wouldn't be him. I think he'd blow the show up, to be honest. But if RTD could corral him and give him enough time and encouragement and anything else he needed, could you just imagine the ideas coming from the mind of Douglas Adams, but with today's budgets, today's special effects, and RTD plugging it? I think that would be incredible, and I still miss Douglas Adams. Yeah, me too. That's a wonderful pick. I'm glad you got it in there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to expand on one of yours, Rob. Please. So you've said it's 1992. We've got Hinchcliffe producing and Aronovich script editing. Yes. That means that finally Andrew Cartmel can write a story. Oh, I didn't even go that far, but you're quite right. Ben Aronovich turns around and says, mate, thanks very much for getting me the gig. By the way, throw me your best idea for your story. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be pretty amazing. What did the BBC give up here, Dave? I know, I know. And, and you know, it is it is one of those real shames, I think, that Cartmel's script edited three seasons of Doctor Who. I think most fans agree it gets better and better and better as it goes along. And we wax lyrical about season 26 recently and we both love Remembrance and, um, you know, we both love some other stories in there. Mm. But we never got to see by Andrew Cartmel on the front of a story. 
No, and and the guy can write. There are uh, PDAs that he has written uh, featuring the Seventh Doctor. He, of course, has his own range of novels these days, The Vinyl Detective. He um, has a bit of a play in Ben Aronovich's own Rivers of London. Uh, Not so much the novels, but the graphic novels. Cartmel can do this stuff, and to, to not see him do it properly, yeah. Oh, comics in Dwim as well. He wrote a bunch of those as well, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, Cartmel, like Aronovich, has made a living out of being a writer. Yeah. And you need to be good to do that for 30 years. Oh, absolutely. You know, he, he knows his stuff. Judge Dredd novels. I've got yeah. some Judge Dredd novels that are by um, Cartmel, for example. <laughs> Yeah. No, ab- absolutely. And and look, the other one that really appealed to me was the JNT Moffat one. I've often said that when the tell-all behind-the-scenes book of the Moffat era comes out, it's going to be fascinating because there is this sense that the budget and the production wasn't quite working. Now, whether it's because of cuts from the BBC or Moffat didn't quite know how to spend it right, or I don't know what's sort of gone on there, but something clearly happened. Mm. And to give JNT's budget strength to that Moffat era and, and as you say freeing up Moffat to to write more than he's producing would have been absolutely awesome yeah oh he was a whiz at that stuff he he knew you, you meet these people in in corporations or in government whatever you find people who know how the system works yes that's and, the way to put it yes and they can just make it sing you know <laughs> And, and he was one of those guys. He, he'd started at the BBC, obviously, in the 60s. Hartnell was still around when JNT was on the scene. Obviously not as a producer, as a very junior person. But, you know, back in the Hartnell days, JNT was floating around. And he really learned that organisation inside out, was one of the last, I, I believe, in-house producers they, they ever had, yeah. you know, as the whole corporation started to change. Absolutely fascinating, his abilities within the organisation. Yeah, I think started with who on the Space Pirates, if memory serves. That'd be it. Yeah. Now, Rob, we didn't have any outright snaps, and given the huge number of combinations available to us, that I don't think shocked us. Uh, but we did have four people that we did both pick in some form. Yes. Uh, RTD, JNT, Terence Dix, Philip Hitchcliffe. All big names. Why would we not? Yeah, all big names. Very, very obvious. And, and, and interestingly... In most of those cases, looking to put a certain structure or a certain extra layer across an era that is good, but maybe it just needed a little bit of that that sort of polish. Abilities. They bring abilities, I think. Mm, Professionalism, not in the sense that others were unprofessional, but that they knew their craft and they knew how it worked, as you said. Yeah, yeah. Do you know a big name that didn't come out from either of us? Oh, well, Robert Holmes? Robert Holmes. Yeah. I had Robert Holmes sort of floating around. And look, when I was doing my list, I I did change a few pairings here and there. And uh, I thought, oh, I'll have Cartmel with Chibnall. No, 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 Dix with Chibnall, Cartmel with Lloyd. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I did sort of do that that changing around. And Robert Holmes was sort of a, a, a name scrawled on the pad looking for a home. But I thought, well, hang on. He wrote for Troughton. He wrote for Pertwee. He script edited and wrote for Tom. Yeah. He, he wrote for Davo and he yeah. wrote for Colin. Yeah. So yeah. so unless I'm putting him into the Hartnell era, there really isn't a lot to do with Robert Holmes. And and I, I, I sort of thought about a Verity-Holmes combination, but you know what? I actually think Verity-Whitaker 
was pretty awesome. And um, I, I didn't want to change that. So Robert Holmes is good anywhere. And I think that kind of made him not useful on the list, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I had considered him, and, and I took this in a different sort of way. I didn't go back to, say, the, the Verity Lambert era and, and Hartnell. I was thinking, because this is a fantastical list and we can put people anywhere and even invent new seasons of Doctor Who that never happened, I thought about him in a future sort of sense, and I'm just not sure he fits. And I don't say that in a sad way or a tragic way, but I think he's a writer of his time, and I'm just not sure how well he would bounce off working in the modern era whereas someone like Douglas Adams who was writing back in the 70s I could see writing stories that are still relevant today Um, he just had that kind of mind and the way he was interested in technology I can just see Douglas Adams still writing today and being relevant but but Bob Holmes I think was very much of his time and I'm not sure he would quite fit it, it's interesting, if you sort of think of Holmes's time as being the 70s, most of his classics are written in the 70s. They're, they're Pertwee yep. Baker stories. Yeah. O- outside of that, look, I, I will defend his Troughton stories, but they're not his best work. I will defend Mysterious Planet, but it's not his best work, neither is The Two Doctors. The, the one standout that he has outside the 70s is Caves of Androzani, yes. and, and that's basically him writing a Tom Baker story. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I, th- I think I think what you're saying is, is right. I think one of the things that people really don't appreciate about Terence Dix is that ability for him to have actually just slotted himself into any era. And, and it goes on. He's writing MAs and he's writing BBC. Sorry, he's writing NAs. He's writing BBC books. You know, yeah. he, he, he writes for McCoy. He writes for McGann and does it perfectly well, as well as writing the five doctors here and there. So, so Terence, I think, is one that, you know, in a non-fantasy sense, could have just slotted in and often did slot in all over the place, but look, Douglas Adams. I'm. I feel. I feel dumb not having him on my list. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's a really good call. And you're right. I don't care what era you put him in. Just put him in. Yeah. And another person who could work in any era, JNT. I think. Could you imagine JNT on Twitter? He he would just get that innately and know how to use it. JNT on Twitter. JNT at Doctor Who at the proms. JNT on the Doctor Who World Tour. Yep. J and T with a modern budget. Yeah. J and T with David Tennant to promote. I mean, just yeah. J and T able to get guest cast from Hollywood. Yeah. Oh wow, he would. It's so sad he's not here. He would be loving this era. I know. He'd it's, absolutely be loving it. Yeah. So look, on that wistful note, it is time to wrap up. It is. It is, Dave. You have to pick us something for next episode. I do, so I'll rattle around in the hat of Rassilon. Mm-hmm. Bill, thank you for submitting that one. Again, please do tweet us, email us, let us know your suggestions. But I think we're going to have some very cheeky fun next month, Rob. Really? Because next month is top five yeah. overrated stories. <laughs> oh, we're going to slaughter some sacred cows. We absolutely are, and we're going to do it with a smile. Always. <laughs> always fun. Look, always fun making lists with you, Rob. Thank you very much, Dave. It's It's been fun tonight. And until next time on The List Makers, I have been Rob. And I have been Dave. Good night. Good night. Thank you.